Hey everybody, welcome to day three of Breakfast with Bob. My name is Bob Babbitt. We're here at beautiful Clash Endurance Miami. A gentleman who really sort of established himself, made a name for himself at what was then Challenge Daytona, the Challenge Championship. And I think it's the last time he was on one of these racetracks. Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo, Mr. Sam Long joins us. How you doing, Sam the Man? Doing great. Yeah, there we go. Sam the Man. Bob Babbitt has his own <laughs> nickname for me. <laughs> Yeah, the big unit, Sam the man, yo, yo, yo. But I think when I look at your results from 2021, I can't do that without looking at 2020 Daytona because I think that was the kickoff race where, you know, we came to Daytona. It was $1.15 million in prize money. Everybody was there, and every European you spoke to was like, we're going to shut up that Sam Long guy. He's got a big mouth. We're going to lap him. And you were up there, like second, third, fourth place right there, the whole time and, and dropped to ninth, but that was, don't you think that was a breakthrough race for you? Yeah, it's true. I mean, you're right. That kind of started the, the domino effect of then yes. all the racing I had last year, it, really just everything taking off with, with social media, becoming a household name. And so it's pretty cool to be back where it all started. And I mean, it honestly gives me goosebumps because it's been a year and a half and you almost wouldn't recognize the Sam then to the Sam now, both in terms of a performance standpoint, but also just like yeah. the athlete I am and, and right. the persona I am in the sport. Well, what's cool is that Ryan Bolton called me, and I had covered Ryan when he was, you know, making the Olympic team in 2000. And he says, I'm coaching this great young man. He's going to be racing Nice at the 70.3 Worlds, and nobody's talking about him, but I think he's, he's going to be great. You know, and it, you didn't have a race you wanted to have yeah. there. But, but there, there's the truth, Bob. I was wondering why I got on your show there. I was like, no way Bob is having me on, and it's because my coach pulled some strings. <laughs> he said, this guy's going to be great. And I, I love it when we get to meet new people because you, you never know when someone is going to become great like you have. And over the years, I remember we chatted, and you were, I think, living in your parents' basement and in the back of your truck. I mean, this was this is not – people see overnight success, but they don't realize the hard yards that got you here. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I'm anything but overnight success. It's been tons and tons of work and so much work that I did, and sometimes I'd go to bed at night going, when the heck is this work going to show up? Because I was, in my opinion, putting the most work of almost anyone in and right. not seeing the results for a long, long time. And um, – then it finally paid off, and I mean, I can say I just moved out of my parents' basement four months ago, so it, it hasn't been too long. <laughs> I know. When we talked to Tri Club, I think you were just about to move out of your parents' basement. Yeah, yeah, literally, it was that next week I moved out. That is the coolest thing. And when I see this, when I see, let's see, Trek, Asics, Zoot, DT Swiss, uh, Miraflora Naturals, Ice Friction Technology, Select Blinds, I love that, Wahoo, Rudy Project, Aquasphere, and Power Bar. Exactly. It doesn't get any better than that. No. Select Blinds is a cool one because they sponsor a NASCAR car. So you see, yeah. So getting non-endemic guys like that is awesome. Exactly. And they are, I think they're based in Arizona, right? They are. Yep. Yep. Based in Arizona. So are you surprised at just how everything has started to steamroll and and people are getting on the yo-yo-yo train? Yeah. I mean, it's like things keep evolving almost faster than I can keep up with it, right. and, and then I can adapt, and so. But it's, I just smile and have a big happy heart every day because it's going, wow, things just progress even faster than I expect or think right. they will. And I just take it in stride and have fun. And certainly I make some mistakes here and there, but um, 
yeah. I try and learn from them. And think, speaking of mistakes, there was a point. I mean, Ryan had called me and said, hey, you know, this kid's going to be great. And then I, I called him again, and he goes, oh, yeah, Sam left me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's a mistake because he's going to do 10 Ironmans in a year and burn himself out, and he'll be on the trash heap in about a week. He'll be back in his parents' basement. So you, when did you realize, you know what, this was I, – I can't be directing myself. I need a coach. Yeah, so, I mean, I only left Ryan, my coach. It was like – basically a month and what happened is after nice with the overseas travel is i actually i was doing another iron man an iron man three weeks after nice the 70.3 world champs and with the travel i got sick and uh ryan didn't take my training down from training peak so i thought oh gosh i'm supposed to do all this training and here i am sick and i have an iron man in three weeks and we just had a little communication breakdown and at that age i thought oh it's better to like rather than just confront him and say hey take the training down i'm not doing the training i said you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, but that was old stuff. Yeah. And he just said, oh, okay, well, best of luck. And then, you know, I rested. I wrote my own tape. I wrote one week of my own training and I went and won my first Ironman. So, so then thought, I said, oh, I know it all. No, no. The exact opposite. At uh, first, well, I guess for a week after I said, oh, I know it all. I can do it on my own. And then about a week after that, I said, wait a minute. I won the Ironman because of all the work Ryan did. And like, it would have just been much better to say, hey ryan like take the training down right like he didn't expect me to do it he just hadn't taken it down and so i learned a lot from that like okay one yes his training was what got me there but two like a coach athlete relationship isn't meant to be perfectly happy all the time like there's going to be disagreements just like a marriage exactly or anything there's going to be disagreements and it's better to bring up those disagreements and talk about them rather than just run from them so i mean one example where life and triathlon are are one in the same, right? Well, and, and I look at, you know, when you look at 2021 and just everything from, I again, I put Daytona in there, but, you know, third at 70.3 Texas, second at St. George with a great sprint with Lionel. And what I love about that is you were there a few years ago when Lionel and Sebi were having that type yeah, of battle. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at the exact same exact spot, same right? spot, yep, exact same spot. Right at the bottom of that hill, you make that left turn. I saw both of them there, and I was like, Oh my God, I want to be that one day. And that was how many years ago? I think three or four years ago, four years ago, maybe. Yeah. And now you're the guy exactly. coming down the hill <laughs> yeah. with, with Lionel. With Lionel, yeah. <laughs> it's like a dream come true. Uh, oh, completely. I mean, was yeah. It, was it one of those things that if you had been off the front and won it, you probably wouldn't have been as happy as having that great battle and getting second? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, completely I think if I look back I do think my second at the 70.3 worlds is is the best result of my life so far yeah, absolutely and yeah. also the most memorable one but it wasn't a close race I mean Gustav was way ahead of yeah, me yeah. but as far as excitement yeah I, I don't know if I'll ever have a race as exciting as that battle with Lionel at St. George I mean even if I won Kona it's unlikely yes. that it would be that you close know. you know yeah. but you never know yeah, I mean things are we changing, all hope yeah. and dream for something like that yeah, so uh, 13th in Ironman Tulsa, I know you weren't happy with that. But then Coeur d'Alene, I think, showed a lot about your patience and just all the preparation because it was hotter than crap. It was like one of the hottest days ever. You break the course record, you stayed patient, Lionel was ahead, you ran with him, you, then you, you, know, you, you followed the tact, you raced tactically, which I don't know if you'd ever really done before. Yeah, exactly. And I guess it's like if I look at Tulsa and in the transformation to that, I learned like there's a difference between racing 70.3 and racing Ironman. And yeah. 
in racing, you know, this race here, Clash Miami, like the shorter races, you have to be really reactive and aggressive and you have to respond really quick. And so I just had those, you know, that battle with Lionel and then I went into Tulsa and it was like, I was so reactive and like, you know, trying to jab, 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 instead of playing defense almost. And it's like, after 180K on the bike, you do that, you get to the run and you just don't have any left. And so then I went into Coeur and it's like, yeah, be tactical, but tactical in an Ironman means being patient and yep. sticking to your strategy and staying within yourself. And I had all sorts of things go wrong. I mean, I took a wrong turn on the bike course early on. I mm-hmm. lost about 45 seconds because of that. Then I got a, you know, I rode the last 40 miles. I got a, I flat, so my rear tire was a little bit flat, but all throughout it, I was just like, keep your composure, everything's all good, trust your race plan, it's all going to work out, and it did, while, you know, the the 70.3 me, so to speak, would have been like, freaking out, freaking out, totally. and oh, your race is over, and and okay, if you've got a flat, try and attack and get more time, which yeah. doesn't make any sense, no. but that's sometimes how you think well, that's in, the way you in think a race. Mentally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're going this, I'm a racer, that's what I do, I go out the front, and I try to bury people. Exactly, and it's like, you know, at St. George, it works, because leading into Snow Canyon with Lionel, I was like, okay, he's not biking quite as well as he normally does. Right. And so I was like, I'll attack him on Snow Canyon. And so then I did that while in an Ironman, I mean, let's go to May St. George, Ironman World Championships. It's probably not going to be a smart decision to push Snow Canyon at 400 watts. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think. (laughs) So 70.3 worlds and you had, you look at your splits, uh, like two hours for the bike. You just had a great race. And Gustav had a better race. That's a, you sort of have to look at it and go, Plain if and someone simple, told yeah. me before, these are your splits, will you take those? You had to go, yeah, Absolutely. It, it heart rate, right? So the, the cool part about that race was the fact that not, you know, you'd off a of Collins Cup, where Sam Appleton and Jan yeah, beat up on said, me they, they like I was like, their little brother. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, he, he is the redheaded stepchild. We are going after this guy. And they were like, we swim together and then we get rid of this guy. But meanwhile, I think your time was still like the, the what, seventh, seventh fastest seventh of everybody fastest, in, the yeah. ra- in all the races. You got third in that heat and you couldn't see the buoys and all the rest of that. You were way behind out of the water, but you still had one, a really good race. But you came back after that and leading in the 70.3 St. George, realized that, you know, open water is different than swimming in a pool. And I've got to figure out how to not lose that much time. And exactly. that's where Tyler Hamilton, Tyler, yeah, Tyler Butterfield came in, and Andre Lopez, and you guys would, you know, they, I think it was Tyler who found the little lakes that the, cap, exactly, the, uh, yep. the, the barista had <laughs> yeah. access to. And they taught you that, you know what, you, you have to attack. It's an aggressive part of the swim, right? You, you can't sit back and go, oh, Ben Knut's a better swimmer. I'll sit back. He's going to be gone. Exactly. You have to get up there and, and act like you belong and be aggressive, right? And, and then you weren't that far back out of the water there. At the, yeah, at 7.3 two worlds. minutes, which is still, you know, it's definitely still a significant margin, but it's nothing compared to 450, which I was three <laughs> weeks earlier. At exactly. Exactly. So when you come out of the water and see that you're two minutes back, you're going, okay this I'm right where I need to be yeah I mean I want more that's that's of my course, mindset now I yeah. want more but yeah exactly at that race two minutes back was the absolute best possible case scenario I, right. I swam as well as I pretty much could have swam yeah with my ability without you know actually getting faster in the pool it's like you have to translate the speed into open water but you also have to work on that speed in the pool right you're not going to swim any faster in open water no. than you will in the pool no. but you might swim a lot slower yeah, but you have to be aggressive at the start. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah way more. And yeah. was that the first time you had ever done that? 
in a race? I think where I actually owned it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially in a big field. I mean, it's one thing, okay, you've got 12 guys on the start right. list and you've got a 100 meter, you know, whatever entrance way to start. And right. yeah, it's like not even an aggressive start and it's an Ironman and everyone just kind of settles into 54 minute pace per yeah. Ironman. But um, yeah, at a world championships, you have to be aggressive and you have to be on that start list uh, saying to yourself, I belong, I can do this. Yeah, my, the other, my, one of my favorite stories that came out of that, your dad was racing with your race kit on. <laughs> oh God, this and, story is too good. And, and, what, did, and what, did he, what was going on? Everyone was like telling him, Wow, you're having a really bad day. You <laughs> Your know? dad's in the like 60-64 division. Yeah, 60-64 division, and he got third in his age group. You know, right. he's getting third in his age group, and he came off the bike. I think he started the run like in first in his age group, and then I mean, he never really runs over five miles, so yeah. he didn't quite know what he was doing. And um, everyone's told him, "Wow, you're having a really bad Still day." He thought he was you. <laughs> yeah, because he was wearing my <laughs> kit, my race kit. That is hilarious. That is hilarious. So you, you, you had just a, a phenomenal year in 2021, and the season will kick off obviously here, and you've had a chance to ride the course a little bit, right? No, no, yeah, not, I yeah. literally just got off the course and walked right in. This is a little different than Daytona, right? That's just speedway. That's just all power. This is a road course for part of it, which means that your power getting up and out of the saddle, um, being able to deal with the wind, all that comes into play. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting bike course and a super fun bike course. You have to be able to corner. I think the biggest thing is that it's not like a steady state power course. You have to really accelerate out of those corners. Yeah. And it's going to be fun. And it's one thing to ride it, you know, in training. But I'm going to have 52 other male pros on this course navigating. And it's going to be um, fully alert and full power for an hour and 20 minutes. So most people are thinking, okay, Sam Long's going to go to Ironman St. George, right, and try to win a world championship yeah. there. And then he's going to go to Kona and try to win that one. Then he's going to go back to St. George. But Kona's not in, the, in play this year, or is it? We'll see. I don't want to answer that quite <laughs> yet, Bob. We'll see. We'll see. You, so you'll see how it goes to St. George and then play it from there? No, I have a plan, but Are I'm just plan? not revealing the plan now. There's nobody here. <laughs> it's, there's another guy in the room. That's it. There's nobody here. But you're so for sure St. George. The, Absolutely yeah, St. George. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That and one other to, one other big Ironman for the year. Oh. And then there, but there's still a Collins Cup and there's all that other And Dallas Dallas, Dallas P2, oh, up yeah. in Canada too. Yeah. Canadian Cup. Yeah. yeah, I'm more excited for Dallas with it being on home soil to kind right. of defend our turf and then I mean, I mean, obviously, I was second at 70.3 World, so I'm really looking forward to going back there. And yes. St. George is my calling this year, basically. Yeah, it really is. You're going to spend – now you spend some uh, time leading in, uh, living up at St. George? I'll go there like a week ahead of time. Okay, Thankfully, I know, the, I know the course. I've trained there for probably for about six, seven weeks in my life. So okay. I've ridden that, the Ironman course, oh, gosh, at least 20 times in my life. So the other race that I, that was pretty fun is watching you get second at an Xterra race, and you, that was really where you got sort of got started. And but was that fun to get back to your roots a little bit? Yeah, that was yeah, it was just a really fun race, and I did it. It was like three weeks after an Ironman, so I actually went into like vacation mode, which was the best possible vacation mode. I went up to ten thousand feet, and I just swam in an open water lake, and I just mountain biked in the wildflowers up in the Colorado high country for you know, 10 days, 12 days yeah. leading into it. And, and that was my preparation, but it was, it was fun. And it also kind of built the base for the final block into St. George. And that course, yeah, Xterra Beaver Creek, I've now been, I have two seconds and a third yeah. there. So I'm, I really want to win an Xterra. It's like a lifelong goal of mine. And I keep on getting, 
getting stunted. And, and Sam Osborne is here. He's racing tomorrow. Sam and will he, be here he's in who like beat me. five I mean, minutes. Yeah. yeah, just a terrific athlete. And so he beat me there, and he was just the better guy. And so, I mean, he beat me on the technical ability on the bike. So let's yes. hope that's not the same. The same isn't true tomorrow. Well, and it's <laughs> interesting because I think a lot of people are like, oh, he, he, that's it's funny. We start out with, you, with Sam. And then we have Sam and uh, Samantha. So it's yeah. like Sam, Sam, Sam. It's, <laughs> it's the Sam, 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 Sam show. Sam, <laughs> Sam, Sam show. Uh, but uh, people don't understand how tough exterior athletes are. So whenever I see an exterior athlete coming to the road, you know, if they've had some time to be in aero bars, it's, uh, you know, they know how to suffer. Yeah, and they're just resilient and... Particularly, I mean, Sam Osborne's a great runner. Yes. You look at his time on a course at Beaver Creek. I mean, it's at 9,000 feet. It's 10K, and it's you climb like 2,000 feet or 1,500 feet over 10K. I mean, that's the yeah. elevation of St. George over 10K. And, I mean, the times on paper are terribly slow. It's like 39 minutes or something. But, that's but it's single track, uphill at 9,000 feet. And that, yeah. that says something about your VO2 max doing that. Yeah. I always like that when people are like, oh, they're from the off-road. They won't be able to. I'm like, no. They bring in some oxygen capacity. Yeah. Well, let's look at Flora Duffy, yeah, right? Exactly. She's a great example. Oh, I mean, she's got to have something. I think she's got five or six Maui titles now and obviously an Olympic gold medalist. So yeah. they go hand in hand. Next era, you, that transfers over really well. Uh, so the rest of the season, will just you'll sort of play it out as, uh, as it goes. So you'll go St. George and then see from there. Yeah, yep, exactly. Love it. Sam the man, always such a pleasure to chat. And thank, thanks again for coming out to San Diego Triathlon Challenge and being at our SEA event. People still buzzing about that. It's taking your weekend when you don't have that many free weekends to come out there and spend time with our kids was, uh, I really appreciate that. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, the Challenge Athletes Foundation and your weekend there, I, I really want to come back. Hopefully it's, it works with the race schedule this yeah. year and in the future because it's just, it's such a good weekend. And I mean, special. thank you, Bob, for all you do for the sport and for the Challenge Athletes Foundation. And you're going to be at LA Tri? I'll be there. Yep. You're going to be part of our team. Yep, exactly. You're be one of our teams. We better find you a good swimmer. A good, yeah, a good swimmer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> find me a better swimmer than I am myself. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've got. Uh, we're going to. This is something that is going to be announced very shortly. Is PTO and CAF have come to an agreement where we're going to have five CAF men and five CAF women doing the swim, and then five PTO men, including exactly. yourself, and five PTO women doing the bike, and then celebs. Uh, doing the 10K, 10K run. So it's going to be a pretty fun day. And international television, it should be pretty cool. Yeah, it'll be fun. Exactly. Love it. Sam, as always, thanks so much for taking time and good luck on Friday. Thank you, Bob. Cheers. All right. Sam Long, the big unit. Yo, yo, yo. Sam, the man, has been our guest. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Hold on. We'll be right back.